Hey girl, welcome to Christian Girls Pop. My name is Stephanie Bright and I'm the founder of this girls group as well as your host for the podcast. Around here, we are all about purpose, obedience, and prayer. That's what makes us pop. You're guaranteed to laugh, cry, learn, grow, and most importantly, become more like Jesus. We're going to rock this thing out, and we're going to have fun doing it. You ready? Let's go. Hey, girl. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Girls Pop. We are in week six, and we are studying the Bible all year long. If this is your first time tuning in, hey, girl. If this is not your first time tuning in and you faithfully listen to the podcast episode, Hey girl, welcome back. We are here for another episode, another time to learn about the Bible, to grow, to gain knowledge about the Word of God, and to really just go deeper in our journey with Christ. A little bit of an introduction, if you don't know what we have going on here, we are studying the Bible for the entire year of 2022. We are following what is called a thematic reading plan, and this allows us to look at the Old Testament and New Testament, look how they are congruent. We can see the parallel between the two and really just get a deeper understanding of what the Bible is trying to tell us. So what we're doing is I am releasing episodes once a week, every Monday, going through the readings of the week, explaining it a little bit more in detail. So you understand what you're reading, what we need to know, how we can learn about God and the themes of the reading each week so that we can really see what the scripture is telling us. And so you are able to find our layout on our social media as well as in our weekly newsletter that goes out. So if you're interested in joining the reading plan, even if it means that you'll start on day one, even though we're in February, that's totally fine. I don't care when you start. I just want you to start. My goal is two things. I want you to get to know God and I want you to get to know his word. And a great way to do that is through reading your Bible each and every day. And this reading plan is a great way to do that. So if you're interested and you haven't already, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Girls Pop to get the notifications when the weekly layout is coming out. But also you can sign up for our newsletter where you will get the the weekly and monthly layout as well. So the link to sign up for the newsletter is in the podcast show notes. So make sure you check that out so that you can be a part. Second announcement, y'all, I announced it last week for the very first time and I'm so excited to keep announcing it. I'm so excited. We are having our very first CG Pop Selah retreat. Selah means in the Hebrew, it means to pause. And so this is going to be a time of rest. This is what this retreat is all about. Emotional rest, physical rest, spiritual rest. I am here for it because we're going to be resting in the presence of God. The dates are April 29th through May 1st. It is in Centerville, Texas. It's three nights, two days, and an amazing time to join with other sisters who are also going to be in expectation of what God is going to do. It's going to be such a transformational weekend. Tickets are super, super cheap right now. I had literally had somebody email me and they were like, is this really the price for two nights and six meals? And I was like, yeah, so crazy, right? The Lord told me to start off selling at this price. So this is what I'm doing. And so tickets are $75, y'all. There is no way that you will ever find a place where you can spend the night for two nights and get fed six meals for $75. This is a steal. Make sure you get it now. Ticket prices will go up. This is the early bird special. So go ahead, get your ticket now before prices go up. I want you to reserve your spot. Get your girls, say, hey, y'all, we got a retreat. 
save the date. Let's all pack our bags and go. It's in Centerville, Texas. So if you're from the Texas area, it's two hours from Houston, two hours from Dallas, two hours from Austin. It's a very neutral location. So I am excited. The venue is gorgeous. God's presence is so tangible there. And I want to see you in the play. So make sure you grab your tickets. That link is also in the show notes as well. Last but not least, third and final announcement, numero tres. We are still going strong with our CG Pop Bible crew. So as I mentioned, we're studying the Bible all year long. But if you are wanting to go even deeper, you want to have a little bit more of a deeper understanding of what we're reading, check out CG Pop Bible crew. We meet once a month on Zoom. It's live Q&A. If you have any questions, you will get access to all of my notes that are super in-depth, even more in-depth than when I go what I say on the podcast. And then you also get 20% off merch. You get access to seminary level resources. You get devotionals. It's a really cool thing. And it's super, super, super cheap. It's literally $5 a month. Like how cool. Ah. So one cup of coffee, boom, you got access to all kinds of stuff all month long. So go ahead and sign up for that as well. That link is also in the show notes. So that is all my announcements. All the fun things are happening. There's always something else happening. You never know what's going on around here, but it's always a good time. So make sure you check that out. And before we get into the teaching for the week, girl, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for another opportunity to grow, to learn, to become more like you. I pray that you awaken our desire for you. I pray that you stir up a fire in our hearts, that we wake up and we crave your presence. We wake up and we crave your word so that we will look less like this world and more like you each and every day. I thank you for every single person that is listening. I pray that you bless their homes, bless their families, bless their finances as they walk in obedience to what you have called them to do. We thank you so much for all that you're doing in this time. We love you so much and we pray all these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, y'all. So real quick, this week's reading is day 37 through day 43. But y'all, if y'all have been listening to all the episodes, I made a mistake last week. Remember, I was like recording out of my car. It was a whole thing. I was a little distracted and I forgot to talk about Psalm 91. So Psalm 91 was part of the reading for day 36, which is Saturday, February 5th. And it, the entire reading was Exodus 11 and 12 and then Psalm 91. And I talked about Exodus, but I never talked about Psalms. And I was like studying for the next week. And I was like, wait, I never talked about this, which makes me so sad because Psalm 91 is literally one of my favorite Psalms ever. I love it so much. It's so good, y'all. Like Psalm 91 be having me ready to run around the church. Like it's so good. It's such a good Psalm. So I wanted to recap about that before we move on. So Exodus 11 was talking about the 10th plague that was getting ready to come. Remember, um, this is when uh, Moses was trying to lead the people out of slavery, lead the Israelites out of the captivity they had been in in Egypt. Pharaoh, which was the leader, was not letting them go. And so all these different plagues have been happening to try to get the people to be free. And Moses is caught up in all of it, basically, as he leads them out. In these plagues, the Egyptians get hit with the plagues, the Israelites do not. And so that's always just a really cool thing to note. So in chapter 11, it's talking about the 10th plague that's coming soon. And then chapter 12 of Exodus talks about the Passover, um, which has to deal with the 10th plague, which is the death of the firstborn. So the Passover meant the angel was coming and looking 
to see which houses would be protected from the plague and the way that they were protected is if there was the blood of a lamb painted on the doorpost and the frames of the house that was like their covering and so um then after that after that final 10th plague that exodus begins the israelites are led finally out of pharaoh's hand and into freedom uh, or they begin their journey into freedom and so what we talked about last week is the fact that the passover and the whole symbolism with that is definitely foreshadowing to jesus coming jesus is a perfect lamb of god and when his blood was shed now we are protected we don't have to die an eternal death and go to hell we have the the opportunity to receive that gift of salvation through the blood that was already shed on the cross so that we can have life with jesus and so we talked about that and then that's when I forgot to talk about Psalm 91. So let's talk about that real quick before we get into the reading for the week. So Psalm 91 is such a powerful psalm. And essentially this psalm is really talking about how when things come your way, things are happening in the world, you will not necessarily be affected by it, which is very congruent with what we just talked about in Exodus. Remember, these plagues were happening to the Egyptians, but the Israelites, God's people, they were protected from it. And so Psalm 91 talks about a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but you won't be affected by it. The pestilence will come, darkness will come. These will, these were plagues that had happened, the pestilence, the locusts, the darkness that came over the land. These were plagues that had happened but the israelites were safe from them and this is exactly what the psalm is talking about things will come in this world but you won't always necessarily be affected by it there were things that you will just be protected from simply because you have the favor of god on your life you have god protecting you god watching over you and this psalm just like it does something to you like it talks about the fact that when you dwell in christ when you abide with him you are covered it talks about being covered in his wings and his shadow these are realms, these are symbolic for protection. And so this entire psalm is talking about how we are safe with Christ. We are safe in God's presence. And as we walk with him, as we walk in obedience to what he has for us, we are protected. This doesn't mean that everything will be perfect. This doesn't mean that you'll never get sick or you'll never have hard times because that's just not reality. We still live in a fallen world, but there are certain things that just will not come to your house simply because you are walking with the Lord and covered by him. So, oof, such a good psalm, y'all. I know I skipped it, but I hope y'all didn't skip it when you did your reading plan. <laughs> and if you did, or maybe just something happened and you didn't get that reading for the day, go check that out. That psalm is preached often in church. It's recited often. Like I said, that somebody just starts quoting Psalm 91 and I just want to start hollering because, oh, it's so good. Mm -mm -mm, so good. So y'all make sure y'all check that out. So that was day 36 from last week. That was me making up for my mistake. Okay, <laughs> now let's start the reading for this week. Day 37 is Sunday. And so with the title of this podcast being the holy God of order and provision, these are some of the main things that we're going to be talking about. We're going to see God's holiness discussed and displayed we'll also see how god is a god of order he likes things done a certain way and there's a reason behind it god doesn't do anything out of happenstance or just because everything is in order and there's a reason for it and his sovereignty is how that all is able to take place and then we'll also we'll see about god's provision and how he just straight up 
provides. Like, y'all, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is such a provider in our lives. So let's start off with this reading. Exodus chapter 13 through 15 and Psalm chapter 114. That's the reading for the day. In Exodus chapter 13, we read about the consecration of the firstborn. So this is a remembrance of their exodus. This is a remembrance of what happened. And so now in it's like, yeah, all those firstborn died, but we were spared from that. We're going to dedicate our firstborn to God. To consecrate means to set apart, to put something aside for a special purpose. Think about it. Think about consecration like um, China China dishes, right? Like if you've ever seen them, they don't go with the regular dishes in the cabinet. They're normally in a China box or what do you call it? Like a China, a China, what is it called? You know, the little China drawers. <laughs> Clearly I don't have them. <laughs> I have not reached that level of astuteness in my life, but it's like the little, the China, um, cabinets. That's the word. Wow. That's the word. A China cabinet. I couldn't think about what it was. A China cabinet. The cabinet, the dishes will go in those cabinets. Sometimes they're in a whole different room. They're not even in like the kitchen or the living room. They're in like that special room in the back that like only special people go in. You know, like that type of stuff. That is because they are special dishes. They're more important. You bust them out for family events or special occasions and then you put them suckers right back up in the cabinet consecration they are set apart and so that's what they were doing with the firstborn in remembrance of what God had done for them to bring them out of captivity so that's what we read about in day thir- in Exodus chapter 13 and a couple things for I want to challenge you I want to ask you like do you remember the day God brought you out of your captivity out of your slavery out of your bondage you may not have you know physically been a slave but when we were living in the world when we were not living for Christ we were slaves to sin and so it's I just want to challenge you to ask yourself what did God bring me out of what was that day like for me don't forget that day We will see this as we read through Exodus that they had so many feasts and so many festivals to remember what God had done. That was the main and sole purpose of these events was to simply remember what God had done. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Remember what God has done. For me, I celebrate my rebirthday. That's what I call it. Um, The day that I gave my life to Christ, um, which is August 3rd of 2013. Whoop, whoop. So eight years. And that helps me remember what God has done for me. So I want you to encourage yourself, celebrate your rebirthday or just write down things that God brought you out of and remind yourself of those things or even tell someone else about them. That's a very important thing to be able to share with someone else is your testimony. So make sure you are sharing that. And so as we're reading in Exodus chapter 13, God is starting to lead them through their journey and we just really see that God is sovereign if you look at verse 18 you really see the sovereignty of God and if you skip over to verse 21 and 22 we see God's provision God literally provided for them in every way possible and as I was reading as I was studying this preparing to do the podcast it really just stuck out to me because I I need to be reminded of that as well. I need to be reminded of what God has done in my life and how he has provided before and how he will continue to provide. He literally provided a cloud over their heads each day, one for protection, but also to remind them that he was with them. His presence was with them, but it was protection at, and it was guidance at night. He provided fire so they knew where to go and, and be, they were guided by that as well. He was providing every single step of the way. So I want to encourage you with that as you're reading to know that God will provide in your life.
In Exodus chapter 14, we read of the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. This is a super famous Sunday school story, Moses parting the Red Sea. Obviously, it wasn't Moses. God was using Moses as a vessel to be the one to part the Red Sea. But Moses stretched out his staff because they got to the Red Sea, which God led them to, by the way. Let's make sure we point that out. God will lead us to things that we don't think make sense, that seem impossible, literally just to show us that he's God and that he's in control. So God leads them there. And then now they're standing at the sea and they don't have anywhere to go. They can't turn around because the Egyptians are coming up behind them. Pharaoh got a change of heart and he was like, you know what? I'm going to come after them anyway. So instead of him, so he had already said, yeah, y'all can go. Y'all were free. But then he was like, "Never mind, I want y'all back. So he tries to go and like capture them, him and all his men. And now they have Egyptians behind them and the water in front of them and there's nowhere to go. So God does the impossible. God parts the Red Sea. They get to walk across on dry land. It's a miracle, absolute miracle. And this miracle is such a key theme. Like this miracle is huge. And it's not just something that just happens and they're like, no one ever talks about it again. This this theme is mentioned several times in the Old Testament as you read along just because of how big of a deal it was. And then Exodus chapter 15, they are praising God for the miracle that just took place. Moses and the Israelites are praising the Lord, thanking him for what he just did. And that is a whole word. And I want to encourage y'all with this. Make sure you are thanking God and praising him for when he brings you out of stuff, when he does miracles, when he shows up in your life. It's so important that you are taking time to thank God. Don't just blow it off. Don't just act like it wasn't a whole miracle that took place. The fact that you're breathing, the fact that you're here, the fact that you didn't die in a car accident, that your family was spared from a horrible disease, whatever it is, thank the Lord for it. And then in Psalm chapter 114, it's a song singing about the Passover feast. And and this is something that they are now celebrating annually and in remembrance of what God did for them, bringing them out of Exodus. And so once again, always remember to praise God and remember what he has done for you. Moving on to day 38, the reading is Exodus chapter 16 through 18 and 1 Peter chapter 1. So y'all, we are starting a whole new book. Let's talk about 1 Peter a little bit. So a little bit. So Peter was one of the disciples, very prominent disciple. He was writing this letter to basically part of like the age some of the Asian churches that were that were there and he's preaching to them and so he actually writes two letters this is the first of two and it's really cool to see how the different disciples had a different um, theme a different perspective that they were bringing to the table about Christ and about the gospel and first and Peter's main message is about like being okay with suffering for Christ and what it is to really like just live out the gospel and live out this Christian lifestyle because of the example that Jesus already provided for us and y'all know Peter loved Jesus I mean he denied him at the end but that's you know you know everybody makes mistakes okay he denied Jesus but Peter really did love Jesus like for real for real and so it's a really good book for us to go through and y'all we are getting through these books by the end of this week you will already have finished this book it only has five chapters look at y'all like y'all are knocking this stuff out very proud of you So like I said, so starting off with Exodus, Exodus chapter 16, now God, once again, remember we're talking about provision. God is providing for his people. He provides manna and quail, which was basically like bread and meat. He is providing for them miraculously. And the cool thing about it, 
this is probably one of my favorite parts about it, is the fact that he provided just enough for the day. Like God is so sovereign that he knew what they would need that specific day. Not too much, not where they were lacking. He provided just enough every single day. And it's funny because they were complaining, like God just did this huge miracle. He just brought them through a red sea he he made them walk across on dry land like a huge whole miracle and then now they're already complaining because they're hungry and they're thirsty and we read some of this stuff and we're like shame on them but shame on us because we act the same way sometimes y'all we really do like we are out here like god does something huge we praise we praise him we celebrate for like a day and a half and then the next thing happens and we're just like boohoo crying all over again as if we don't remember what god just did Like, do we not just remember that God just did this miracle and he can do it again? Like, it's really interesting reading about the Israelites because these are literally, like, they are us and we are them. Like, for real, for real. (laughs) Because we be out here tripping sometimes for no reason. And And no, like, completely forgetting the fact that God can do it all over again. So another thing that was even really cool, if you notice in verse five, so he provided for the seventh day on the sixth day. So remember the Sabbath is still something that they are following every single week on the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week, they're resting. So they're not going out and working. They're not going out and harvesting anything. They are resting. And so God wanted to honor that and he wanted to be consistent with his word and his law. Therefore, he provided double on the sixth day to make sure that they had food on the seventh day without having to work or do anything to get it like y'all god god thinks of everything like honestly that should have been the name of this episode god thinks of everything because he does he thinks of the miraculous and he makes it happen he thinks of the ways that we need to be provided for and he makes it happen like it's just so good so god is providing for them and they're still being a little ratchet they're still being a little stubborn but god is just gracious with them he really is giving them chance after chance and he's using his messengers to speak to his people let's look at something real quick if you look at chapter 16 verse 28 the lord is literally telling the people like y'all have got to stop he's telling the people through moses like how long are y'all gonna just disobey me how long are you gonna refuse to follow my commandments i'm literally providing for you i'm literally doing everything that i can to show you that I'm God and I care for you. And so one thing I want to challenge us with this, as we're reading about the Israelites and we're seeing them and we can wag our fingers and shake our heads, what what is our response when God uses messengers to speak to us? When we're complaining, when we're tripping, basically, when we're just not in the right state of mind and we're forgetting what God has already done for us, when God sends messengers, when God sends the sermon on Sunday, when God sends the the Bible teaching on Wednesday, when God sends the youth group leader or whatever, when God sends them to speak into our lives and get our attention, what is our response then? Do we keep complaining? Do we keep grouching? Or do we stop and assess ourselves and realize maybe we have a part to play in this too? These are things that we have to consider. God will provide, but we have to make sure that we are checking our heart as we go through this journey with him. And then in chapter 17, God continues to provide. Now he provides water from a rock. They've came to a place where there's no water to drink. God literally provides water from a rock, y'all, like a rock. He he will do anything and he can do anything. And so that's another way of just seeing that God is providing. And then in chapter 17, we actually read about the first Israelites battle with, with Amalek. So they've been, you know, they've been kind of just navigating on their journey, haven't had any issues per se, like with other people. This is the first battle that they have to fight. God helps them. It's amazing. 
once again, God is providing for them. And in chapter 18, Jethro, which is Moses's father-in-law, he visits and he kind of like helps Moses establish the first set of judges. So basically what was happening is, is, is Moses was in charge of like billions of people. Like he has all these people under his reign and under his authority basically and you know with a bunch of people come a bunch of problems because people have been people since the beginning so you know people got gossip and drama and i don't like her she don't like me all that stuff right so moses has to be the one to navigate through it and kind of judge accordingly and see what's going to happen jethro comes and visits and he's like dude this is a lot for you to do like you're trying to listen to god go up on the mountain and talk to him but then fix everything with these people too like there's a lot going on how about you get a couple people that will go and be the judges for you. And then if they can't handle it, then they'll come to you with the big stuff. And Moses was like, oh, snap, that's a good idea. So that's what ended up happening. And so that even happens like in the church setting, right? We have our main lead pastor, but then we have like associate pastors or assistant pastors and they can handle like smaller things and, you know, so that every single thing doesn't have to get ran up to the lead pastor. And then with the bigger issues or the bigger concerns, then you can bring it before the pastor. So Jethro came in clutch, came in and helped out with that. So that's the Exodus reading for the day. Flipping over to our first chapter of First Peter, the main themes that we're seeing here in First Peter, he's basically telling us that the trials that we endure will be worth it. And he also gives us a call to holiness. And so I like Peter's reading. If you've kind of studied or even just heard about Peter, Peter is very straightforward, very blunt. He is like the gangster of the disciples. He plays no games. And he's letting you know, like, look, I know y'all going through some stuff, but it's going to be all right. And it's going to be worth it when you get to heaven and you see Jesus. Like, he was like super straightforward and super in love with Jesus. And I think that's a pretty cool combination because he just like straight shooters type stuff, which we need sometimes. And so in um in the first three verses of First Peter, it's basically like his opening to the letter. And this is what you will see when you read New Testament books. Um, that are the letters. So when Paul was writing letters, he wrote 13 of the New Testament books. You will see his style of opening letters and then Peter as well, James, the different the different letters you'll see. And it's like opening, kind of like the same way that we would write a letter now and say like, dear, blah, blah, blah. Hope you're doing well, blah, 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 blah. And then start your letter off. Kind of the same thing. So that's what we read about here. And in Peter even, you know, Peter is very intentional about sharing the gospel a lot through his letter uh, reminding us of what Jesus did and it's so cool to see that being so displayed in scripture so he's telling us hey you'll get a heavenly body when you get to heaven everything's gonna be great these trials will be worth it when you get to heaven and he's telling us it's gonna be okay it is all going to be okay so I love first Peter so that is the first reading for the day So that is the reading for that day. And think about the congruency there because Peter is telling us that these trials will be worth it. These trials will be worth it. The Israelites were going through different trials as well. And their journey was to the promised land of Canaan, which we will continue to read about as we read. Our promise is a promise of heaven and being able to get to get through that journey in order to see Jesus in heaven. And so remember, the Israelites are us like we we can see so much symbolism in the Israelites, including in their journey. So moving on to day 39, which is Tuesday, we read about Exodus chapter 19 and 20 and 1 Peter chapter 2. In Exodus chapter 19, um, we're reading about Mount Sinai and Moses gets a message from God. God literally comes down on Mount Sinai through his presence and Moses gets the message from God. And then 
in chapter 20, we'll see that Moses is receiving these Ten Commandments, or what we know of as the Ten Commandments, and then he goes down and delivers them to the people. So this is a very pivotal pivotal moments that's happening as we're reading these are things that we still hear about to this day the ten commandments this is stuff that is still spoken about and so these are very important i always say that these are very important chapters every chapter is important but you know like you need to know about these type things because these are things that you may have heard about already but now seeing how it all fits in together is super important and so we even see how how important it was that Moses was the only one that went up to um you know to dwell in God's presence as he was getting the message from God and there was a specific way that it had to be done because of God's holiness. Remember the title of this podcast, The Holy God of Order and Provision. He's so holy and we will continue to read about it. We're reading about his holiness. And so we need to ask ourselves, how do we respond? How do we prepare for God's presence? God was telling them like, y'all got to get ready, like for this presence, like you have to get ready, cleanse yourself, get ready for God's presence to inhabit this place. We need to ask ourselves the same thing. How are we preparing? How are we responding? How are we getting ready for God's presence? How are we expecting when we come to church? What is our, what is our attitude towards it? What are we doing to prepare to meet God in that moment? And so real quick, let's talk about the Ten Commandments. So we know, you know, we know them as the Ten Commandments. Total, there ended up being 613 laws that they were following, which is crazy because I'm like, how y'all keep up with all that? But, <laughs> you know, that was what they had to do. There were 16, 613 laws total, but they were all based on these top 10 that we're seeing here. And even these top 10 can be broken down into two big ones, which, spoiler alert, is what Jesus talks about in the New Testament. Love God, love man. That's kind of what it's summed up with. Remember the two commandments. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love man. These two commandments are is what Jesus summed everything down to. He said, I know y'all been following 613 laws, but like, check out these two, you know? These kind of sum it all up. <laughs> so that's just a, a key thing to know as you're really understanding what what it's like for them in this time. And so going over to first Peter chapter two, we read of Peter telling us how to live as people of God. And then as people of God and, and, and the priesthood that we are called to be in as Christians. And then he, he calls us to submission to authority, which some people are like, uh, uh-uh, I ain't doing that one. I'm going to skip right over that submission to authority. Uh, uh-uh. uh, but this is what the Bible has commanded of us. This doesn't mean that you're weak. This doesn't mean that you just take everything that comes your way. But there is a certain level of humility that comes with or that we should be practicing in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And so some congruency that we can see here in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6 is talking about what it is for us to what it is to live in obedience and become a kingdom of priests. And in first Peter chapter two, verse nine, it talks about us being a holy priesthood. So we can see that congruency there. Moving on day 40, which is Wednesday, the reading is Exodus chapter 21 and 22 and first Peter chapter three In Exodus chapter 21, we read of we start reading about the laws, okay? These are the different laws that Moses is now teaching the people. These are the different laws that the Israelites have to follow. And so he was talking about how to treat servants. And then it was about, it was talking about the laws against violence. 
And then in chapter 22, we read of the laws of repayment and then laws regarding human relations. So like how to treat each other. And so I want you, I want to encourage you to read through them. Some of y'all may be like, why do I have to read this? This, this doesn't even, I don't have servants. This doesn't even apply to me. I want you to take it seriously. I want you to read it just to say, just to really just build that habit of discipline. Even if you say like, oh, this doesn't necessarily relate to me in this moment. Just building that discipline of reading is very important. And so in first Peter chapter three, we read of Peter giving advice to wives and husbands. And then once again, he's talking about that blessing and suffering and what it, and once again, what it is to really live a life for him, for God, even in the midst of our suffering. And it's really important to read this well. And, and if you have questions, feel free to send them in this verse. This chapter can be used out of context a lot or misquoted, misunderstood. And so it's very important that we understand it in the culture and in the context of what was being written so that we understand how it can apply to us now. And if you look at first Peter chapter three, verse 18, once again, Peter is always reminding us of what Jesus did. Like he never fails to point it back to Jesus. And it's so good because he's like, here's what I got to tell y'all. But this is all because of what Jesus has already done for us. He's quick to talk about Jesus. He's quick to share the gospel, which we can read in verses 18 through 22. Like he's so quick with it. And I love that so much. Day 41, which is Thursday, we're reading Exodus chapter 23 and 24 and 1 Peter chapter 4. So in Exodus chapter 23, we're reading more laws about human relation, basically like how to treat each other. We read about the seventh day, the Sabbath day, and then we read of the laws of festivals. This We read of three of the total seven festivals. Remember, these are the ones that, as we're being reminded of what God had done, they're throwing festivals. They're turning up, remembering what God has done. So the three feasts are the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of the Harvest of fir- and First Fruits, and the, har- and the Feast of Tabernacles. And um, in chapter 24, we read about the agreement between God and people. Basically, God, you know, creating this command, this covenant with the people that God will bless them, God will keep them, and they will agree to do his word. And so a couple key things to see in chapter 24, we read about Joshua. This is the first time Joshua is mentioned. Joshua is being trained by Moses to come up next and be the one to continue to lead them into the promised land. Joshua is the one who actually leads them into the promised land. Moses actually doesn't get to make it there. He dies before he can get in. He dies before they get there. So Joshua is the one that is actually leading them into the promised land. And so a question to ask us, we may not be in a place where we just feel like we're ready to train people or we're ready to, you know, have people kind of come under our wing. But this is something that we should think about as we go through life. There should be people that come after us because of our walk with God. Our walk with God is not just for us. I'm glad that it is for us because God died for us specifically, but it's not just for us to just live this life without sharing it with others, without bringing other people alongside us. There should be people that will live out a legacy that you have created that you have done because of your walk with God so that's something for us to think about and then we read about uh, Moses being on the mountain for six days and then then the Lord gives him the word that is needed and so it's really cool to just see that Moses was there for six days and so we need to ask ourselves like how long am I be am I willing to wait for God's word to be delivered how long am I willing to rest in God's presence and wait on him remember we are so quick in this society everything is so quick everything is microwave style we just want it as quick as we can get it but then when it comes to the things of god god will not be rushed baby girl i can tell you that god will not be rushed like 
He won't. And if you try to rush him, I feel like he, like, takes his time even more. He's like, oh, you wanted me to rush? Girl, I'm going to stay five more days now. You ain't going to get your answer now. <laughs> no, he's not petty. But sometimes he's like, you're not going to rush me. Like, I'm the holy sovereign God. Like, you cannot rush me. So stop. So anyways, that's just something for us to consider. How long will we wait on God? How long will we rest in his presence until we get what we're needing? And then lastly... It says that Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God. And that 40 days is um, pretty symbolic. You may, you may remember that already because Noah was on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights. Now Moses in the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus actually was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights before he got tempted. So 40 days, there's a symbolism there. There's a congruency there in scripture with that. It all leads to Jesus. It's all symbolic of Jesus. Always, always, always. This entire book is pointing to Jesus. And that's something that I want to try to bring out in you as we go through this each week. It's for you to see Jesus in all of this. We are just about done for the week. Day 42, 42, which is Friday's reading, is Exodus chapter 25 and 26 and 1 Peter chapter 5. And Exodus chapter 25, once again, we're reading more law. So now we're reading about how... What gifts need to be brought into the tent for the altar? um, Because they're working on building this tabernacle. Now, let me tell you all a little bit about this tabernacle. Well, let me let me finish up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So they're talking about what uh, they're learning about what gifts need to be brought for the tent to the altar. Um, They there's laws about building the Ark of the Covenant and then um, also about building the table of showbread. And then chapter 26 is about building the tabernacle. So y'all, I love this portion of scripture so much. And it used to be like super mad boring to me. I'm not even gonna lie. I used to be like, why? I don't care about this. Like, I don't, this means nothing to me now until it did mean something to me. And then I like geeked out about it. And now I'm like, ah, it's the best thing ever. So there's actually a really cool book. So if you're a worship leader, I really encourage you to check out this book. And it's not just for worship leaders, like anybody can, but it's specifically like tailored toward worship leaders. It's called How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. I've, Neese is N-E-E-S-E. I talked about this book several times on the podcast. At this point, I need to reach out to him and like have him pay me for advertisement or something <laughs> because because I've talked about this book so much and to so many people. It's hands down one of my favorite books that I've ever written And one of the things that is discussed in the book is this portion of scripture, basically all of Exodus and Leviticus in detail. And what may seem as such a boring passage of scripture, once we understand what it really means and why God was setting up things a certain way and the purpose of each part of this tabernacle and the altar and all these different components, it really helps you to just understand what it is to be in God's presence and to be in communion with him. And so that's not something I'm going to get into on this episode. I don't feel like I'm just like that knowledgeable in that area just yet um, enough to, you know, go about it in detail. But basically every single portion of what you're going to read about the tabernacle and about um, the different things that God had commanded them to build and to put into this tabernacle, everything has a purpose. There's and we know this. God doesn't do anything by accident. God doesn't ask us to do anything on accident. It's always for a purpose. And so once again, this is no different. So what what they're doing, they're building this tabernacle where God's presence will be where they can come and worship. Essentially, modern day, they're building a church. But for them, it's this huge deal because they don't have the ability to just have God's presence with them everywhere like we can. The Holy Spirit was not living on the inside of them like we have the ability to have that now. So 
they had to meet God's presence in a place. So this is what this tabernacle is. Imagine this real big fancy tent. And I don't even like saying tent because then people think like they automatically like dumb it down to just like, you know, some type of like camping tent or maybe like some little rinky dink thing in the woods. Like, no, this was a big deal. God's presence was going to be housed here. They were going to go all out. And so what they're doing is they're building this place where they can come and worship and where their sins can be atoned for. And we'll continue to read about that. And one thing I wanted to point out to you in Exodus chapter 25, they're building the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is basically a holy treasure chest. And I go a little bit more in detail about this when I talk about holiness. So if you scroll back to November of 2021, I do a whole month series talking about God's holiness and what it means to like really abide in his presence. And then if you scroll back even further to August of 2021, I talk about access and what that was to like what access looked like then versus access now referring to the access of God. And there are several episodes there that talk about that. So I'd, I'd encourage y'all to check that out as well as it's related to this. I go a little bit more into detail of that, but basically the Ark of the Covenant is a holy treasure box where God's presence is to be housed. And so you'll see as you read that they can't, they're building poles to hold up this Ark because they can't even touch the Ark. Like it's holy, like super holy. And so it's just um, really cool to just see what worship looked like for them then versus for us now. And one key thing, right, as we're reading, right, we're like, okay, these laws, like this is so much, like what does this even mean? This doesn't even apply to me, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I want you, a couple things I want you to take note of, and I'll mention this in the next couple of weeks too, because we'll be kind of going along the same theme. But the first thing is that it's very important for us to follow the rules just as God commanded them. Right now, we're not necessarily following these laws per se, but it's the message behind it. God was very specific in how he set things up and he wanted them to follow them exactly how he asked for a reason. And God does the same thing with us. He may not be asking us to build a tabernacle, but he may be asking us to lead a Bible study or to go and pray with somebody or to lead at our church or whatever that is. And he wants us to do it exactly how he said, not how we think it should go, not how We've done it in the past, but he wants us to do it exactly how he has designed for us to do it now. The second thing is, now I think this was one of the cool things. When I finally had that revelation, when I finally had this revelation, it just really just hit home for me. It's important for us to really appreciate what Jesus has done and that we don't have to go through all of these rules and and follow all these laws that they had to do in order to just simply experience God's presence. God's presence is with us now. And there's just so much that we can appreciate about what Jesus did already for us. And then skipping over to First Peter chapter 5, Peter is talking to, he addresses the leaders and the elders of the church and how they should act, how they should respond. He also talks about walking in humility. And once again, talking about suffering you're not alone and there is a reward there's an overarching theme that's there about suffering and first peter is just very practical it's very practical things to do you'll read that more in some of the um the letters that that are written to the church james is another very practical book it's like very like do this do that do that like for my cut and dry like logical people y'all should be thriving off of these verses because they're just like boom straight to the point you know there's no well maybe he means this maybe he means that it's like boom just go do it you're like okay (laughs) so that is that that is day 42's reading And congrats, y'all, you finished another book. Like I said, by the end of the week, you would have finished another book. You have just finished 1 Peter, and 
We are trucking right along. We are getting through this Bible. I'm proud of you. I want you to keep going. Even if you've fallen off a couple days, get back on it, girl. There's there's so much in here waiting for you. Last but not least, day 43, which is Saturday's reading. Last day of the week, Exodus chapter 27 and 28 and Psalm chapter 96 are the readings for the day. In Exodus chapter 27, we read about um, them setting up the altar of burnt offering and then how to begin um how to build the enclosure of the tabernacle once again more rules that they have to follow that they need to live out to the t in order for things to work as they need to and then exodus chapter 28 we're reading about um them the specifics that are required for the outfits for the priests so a little bit of background context on the priests the priests were the only ones that were allowed to go into what is called the most holy place so in this tabernacle there's going to be different levels basically there's going to be different sections and so as the 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 more you go deeper into the tabernacle that is what's considered the holy place so like the most inner part of the tabernacle this is the place where only the priest can go once again i teach a little bit more about this in the podcast on access this was then versus now that is back in august of 2021 so check that out i go into more detail about that but basically the priests are the only one that can go into this most holy place and they go in once a year that's like even a big deal for them they can only go in once a year, which is called the Day of Atonement, which is this is how their sins were forgiven. They had to basically, the priest had to go in and atone for the sins of all the people, like a huge weight on them. And so it's a huge deal to be a priest in the Old Testament. And so you'll read about their fancy outfits and they got jewelry and stones and it's a whole thing. Like they're not just some random person just waltzing in there. Like there's there's levels to this. And what makes me think about it, I... If you've ever been to Washington, D.C., um, they have at the Arlington Cemetery, they have what's called the changing of the guard. And these are the guards that watch over the, the tomb of the unknown. And so they are the ones that watch over this tomb. And so not just anybody can be the guards. They have very rigorous training, very intense um rules that they follow that they live by even before they become a guard as they're preparing for one they they watch over that tomb whether it's rain storm hurricane sleet hail they are out there every single day Um, and there's just a very intense rigorous position not everybody can qualify to be that and so that's just kind of what it reminded me of when we're talking about these priests, um, because even the, the the guards that watch over the tomb, you know, have very fancy outfits and they have to um, clean it a certain way every single day and make sure everything is in a certain alignment. If it's really interesting to read it over, if you you know if that interests you to check that out, but it just reminded me of that like that level of intensity that's there when it comes to this. And there's a weight that comes with that, and that's the same thing that will happen with these priests. And so um, this is what we're reading about when it's talking about the priests of the Old Testament, which is interesting because remember, going back to First Peter, First Peter chapter two verse nine reminds us that now we are part of this royal priesthood. So now, because of what Jesus has done, He has created this opportunity for us to be considered priests and live as priests in the kingdom of God. So it's just a really cool thing to see what Jesus has done. And I've even taught about this before, but if you look at chapter 28 verses 33 through 35, it talks about how they're getting bells on the hems of their robes. And you may not think much of it, but if you read and really see what was what was going on there, this was because the priests were, they were making sure that when the priests went in, that they were still in there. The priests would walk around and they would hear the bell and 
they would say, okay, like, cool, like, they're still alive. Because they could be struck down for being in the presence of God and not being clean or not, you know, like, not taking it seriously, not being worthy enough to go in. Now, in the New Testament, we, we read that Jesus has changed all of that and we have access to go in boldly. But it was just, just so intense to see how much they reverence God's presence. And so now we have that presence dwelling within us, but we need to ask ourselves, how much do we reverence the presence of God? How much do we reverence the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within us? Do we take it seriously? Do we live it out as we should? And then last but not least, Psalm chapter 96, it is talking about praising the Lord and coming into his courts to praise him. Remember, these are the courts that they're building, these courts, the tabernacles, that synonymous. And so it's talking about praising the Lord in the very courts that they are building. And so that's the congruency that you can see there. So that is the reading for the week. I hope that you learned. That was a lot of information. If you have any questions, send them in to christiangirlspop at gmail.com. If you want to go deeper, Make sure you check out CG Pop Bible Crew. Or if it was like, man, this was so much, I want those notes. I want, because y'all, I scratched the surface in my in this podcast, but there's more in my notes. So if you want access to that, make sure you sign up for CG Pop Bible Crew. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you have not already, check out our, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Christian Girls Pop. You can check out our website, christiangirlspop.com. And if you would like to donate, you can donate on Venmo at Christian Girls Pop, on Cash App at dollar sign Christian Girls Pop, and on PayPal using the email address cgpopdonate at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, remember, Jesus already loves you so much. Don't you ever forget that.